0: So, welcome again, everyone. Bienvenidos a todos que están aquí. Este domingo. Bonvenuto a tutti. And the homily is going to be in English, though. I'm Father George from Canada, but I've been living here in, in Vienna, working here in Austria for the last 10 years. I'm happy to be here and be able to celebrate also the First Communion today. We've just made this sign of the cross onto the onto the book, well after the at the beginning of the gospel, if if you notice, you know, what we normally do, there's this symbolism. We we make the sign of the cross on upon the page and then we make the sign of the cross on our foreheads, then we make the sign of the cross on our lips, and then we make the sign of the cross on our hearts. And why do we do that? Well because what is the sign of the cross? I mean what does the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have to do with the cross? And I think the answer is quite simple because what is, the, in a Christian worldview, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Well, for us, He's God. And what is God? Well, God is love. To say that God is a triune God is just a complicated way of saying, says G.K. Chesterton, that He's love. There's someone who's loving, there's, a, there's someone who's being loved, and there's a love so strong between them that it has a name the holy spirit but what is love where do we see what love is and and for us christian the 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 absolute apex the the paradigm what shows us what love is is precisely the cross where god gives himself totally without looking for anything for himself where it's just total self-giving it's all about you and not about me just like on a wedding day, hopefully, when I'm standing at the altar, I'm saying, my project of life is to make you happy, not that you make me happy. That's what it's all about in love, right? It's, it's self-giving. It's, it's pouring yourself out for the other. And if you get that, you get Christianity. That's what it's all about. That's what God is all about. And at the end of the day, because we're images of God, In the image of God, He created them, man and woman, He created them. And if God is love, that means that we're images of love. And that means that the only way that we're going to find who we are, if we're going to understand the depths of our identity, not from a psychological point of view, not from a sociological point of view, not from a medical point of view, all those views are also very important. But from a much deeper standpoint, what is the human person? What defines him in his profound being? is his call to love. And, and that's why John Paul II would say the human person is a mystery to himself. He can't understand who he is. He doesn't know who who what he is in his profundity until he has discovered what love is, until he has allowed it to penetrate him, until he starts to live it in the depths of his heart. Now, when we read the gospel, what we're asking, when we make that sign of the cross, we're saying, well, I'm asking that that reality, which I'm going to hear because the Mass, and this is maybe something where Tony can quickly, you know, listen. This is really basics, like, you know, Christianity, at least Catholicism 1.0. 1, 1. Um, what happens in the Mass? The Mass has three parts, right? Really three parts. I mean, to get to the essence of it. There's the first part, the readings. And in the readings, God tells us what love is. He, he tells us what it's all about. He's giving us a certain perspective on love. The whole Bible you can summarize with that. He who loves has fulfilled the law, says St. Paul. A new commandment I give to you, love one another. Now that seems kind of a, almost like a, um, a very counterintuitive thing to say because how can you command love? I mean, commandments and laws what does it have to do with love? Because love is always presupposes freedom, right? I can't say to somebody, hey, you've got to love me, understand? I mean, that doesn't work, right? Imagine when one of you met your your wife and you said, I mean, future wife, and you said, hey, you've got to love me, honey. You know, like, this is, that doesn't work that way, right? The only way that we can, like, love has all, it's all about receiving it freely, but also giving it, freely. There can be no force in love. There can be nothing of, you know, you have to do this. So what is, how can you command love? And the point is, and this is the point, I think, especially of Christ also in today's gospel. Now, when he says, look, dear Pharisees, you have not understood the basics of what this is all about. You have not understood, understood what what." the basic message of God is all about, you, you're all on the external, you have to wash your hands and you have to, I don't know, yeah, they had hundreds of commandments that they had to fulfill. And he's trying to remind them, look, religion is not about some kind of external commandments. You no, know, you've got to go to church, you've got to fulfill this commandment, you've got to do this, you've got to do the other thing. It's not something external. It's something that comes from within, it's something that speaks to the heart. Pope Benedict used to say love, love speaks to freedom much in a much stronger way than any external commandment would ever do. For example, if somebody says to you, you, you've got to be respectful for this person. Well, yeah, okay, I might do that, you know, because somebody tells me to do it. But how different is it if somebody makes an act of love towards me or if somebody, even in an extreme case, gives his life for me? What would be my attitude? How would that evoke my heart? What would would that tell to my freedom? Would that not be something that, I I just say, I mean, that guy or that woman has conquered my heart. I want to respond, but not because I have to. Not because there's an external commandment that says you've got to do this. But because I'm so overwhelmed that somebody's loving me in this way, in this profound type of way. And, And this is what, I think also, again, Christ is trying to say, you know, what this gospel today is all about. It's, it's not about external commandments. It's about something much more profound. It's something in which evokes our freedom to answer, because we want to answer to this love that has been given to me. So the first part of Mass is all about that. It's God telling us something about some aspect of love. In the second part of Mass, the moment of, of consecration, God shows us what love is. This is my body, which is given for you. And where we Christians and we Catholics believe that that's just not blah, blah, blah. You know, a lot of times when we humans, we speak to people and say, no, I love you, it's just a lot of hot air. There's nothing behind the words. It's just, you know, gooey kind of, maybe nice, warm, fuzzy feelings, but there's nothing behind it, or very little. But when God speaks... His word is so totally different. God said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let the earth be divided from the heavens, and so it was. God's word is always concrete. God's word is not something that just remains, you know, something abstract. The word is made flesh and dwelt among us. We hear about what God does. He comes into this world, and he doesn't come from above but he comes from within. That's what the Eucharist is all about. He meets us where we're at. Pope Francis, in his latest writing on the ecology, he writes beautifully about the Eucharist, about this communion, what we're going to receive today. He says, you know, the summit or the the climax or the, yeah, the top or the the depth of, of this becoming man of God shows itself in the Eucharist that he wants to enter us in a piece of matter, that he wants to be consumed by us No, I mean what more could he do to just give himself totally to us? That's and he's meeting us where he's at where we're at He's not coming from above, but he's coming from within to transform us from within and this is what he's showing us In the second part of mass where we believe that that's just not some nice story This is my body which is given for you which happened 2,000 years ago, and you know We're kind of remembering what happened back then, but we're, we're celebrating something which is real today no, God is here today and He's alive, at least that's what we say we believe as Christians, you know? that Christ really did rise from the dead, that He's really part of our lives, that He's not some far away distant God that we're looking at with a telescope and saying, He's totally disinterested in my world and in my life, but He's there for me and He wants to go through His life with me. So the second part of Mass is that, He's showing us what love is. And then the third part of Mass is communion. So I've heard what love is, I've seen what love is, and then if I want, and this is so beautiful, you Now, when we come up for communion, I really love the symbolism. We say this Hebrew word, Amen, which means so be it. And also the symbolism is very beautiful. The priest doesn't go through the benches and hand out communion. If you, I want to, now there's reasons sometimes, you know, why you don't go to communion and there's... No, there's um, many different reasons for that that could be and it's not for us to judge but the, the point is from the symbolism is I go up to communion if I want to it's a free action it's a response to the first two parts of the mass I say I've, I've heard what love is I've seen what love is and now I want to say yes to that first of all to receive it in my own life to allow myself to be loved by God to allow that he loves me that he gives himself to me and also and the second part is that I want to live that in my own life. That I want to be that, what I've heard and what I've seen. And again, if we understand this, this is the basic Christian message. God is love. He wants to give himself to us. He wants to love us. And second part is, well, I want to respond to that love out of love. Now, maybe I'd like to close with an image, kind of a, well, kind of a story. It's true or not you can decide but when I when I entered the, the monastery where I'm part of um, we had a few well foreigners who didn't know what I entered in Germany what these Krapfen were these are kind of like donuts type of things but they're Berliners you know I mean these round ones and but he had never seen those before anyway so there's a bakery that was giving us the bread from the day before Always, But one day they gave us these beautiful Berliners, these beautiful donuts. And the problem was, it was during Lent where we Christians have kind of our fasting time and we don't, sometimes don't eat sweets and things. Well, some don't anyway. And so he saw these beautiful donuts. And he said, well, um, well we can't have those now. We can't have those now. So he just had a great idea. He said, well, let's save them for the Easter time. So he took these beautiful donuts and he hid them away somewhere in our monastery. And one day, maybe a couple months later, there is this Canadian brother who is kind of new and everything to all this and he's coming down to breakfast and he sees these beautiful donuts on the table. And well, he wanted to soup them up a little bit. After all, it was Easter time and, you know, it was Sunday so he got some Nutella and some, some peanut butter and some butter and some jam. All prepared there beside, and he takes his knife to the donut and he opens the donut, and <clears throat> out comes a puff of smoke because the jam inside was no longer jam but something else, you know, kind of moldy. Now, the moral of that story is donuts, especially Berliner, are eaten on the same day that they're made, not two months later and even better you eat them in the morning and not in the afternoon because that's what donuts are for they're there to be eaten now God's gonna forgive me for this but maybe if he would be around today he said you know the basic thing about Christianity is you've got to be the donuts of the world in other words the human person doesn't find himself he doesn't he's not happy he's he's not satisfied with himself if he you know puts himself in a closet nobody touch me please But he, he, and this is the greatest paradox of the gospel, right? He who loses his life for my sake will find it. And he who tries to find it, in other words, just turn around himself, live for himself, be an egotist, he's going to lose it. The more we try to tear life upon ourselves, the more we try to grab onto it and look for for the me, the more I become frustrated the sadder I become. And the more I give it, the more I give it away, the happier we become. So that's the basics, no? the basics of Christianity and the basics what communion is all about. God is giving himself in the Eucharist. And I'm saying, yes, I want to allow that to penetrate me and I want to answer with my life. So let's ask our Lord in this Mass. Let's ask also a special way for Tony. He's going to first time have communion today that he understands a bit deeper maybe the the, the profundity of what's going to happen. Know that Jesus is coming to you and he's giving himself to you and that you try to answer to that love by trying to do the same thing he does, which is to live for the others and not for yourself. Amen.